This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sawed Off CrossFit Kids. If you are looking for a place to get your kids back active again, because maybe we've had some things canceled and we don't really know what to do, or your kid doesn't know what sport they want to try, or they are into sports and they need to get acclimated to the elements, the heat, body temperature rising, exercising, movement, you name it. This is the perfect place for you. It does a wide variety of everything to get your kids moving correctly, have fun, and gives them an activity to keep them healthy for longer in life. It's just overall a great program, so go check them out at Sawed Off CrossFit Kids. It's at Sawed Off CrossFit in College Station, Texas. Also, we have coffee that supports the podcast called 95 Adventures Coffee, and we have two blends, Weekend Getaway and Summit View. If you are interested in supporting the podcast by getting some delicious coffee that also has a lot of things, if you've heard the other commercials, that we believe in, like supporting families that can do this full time instead of having to get other jobs and all that sort of good stuff. Well, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or go to the website. It's nine, the number nine, spelled out fiveadventures.com, and we will get that order right out to you. All right. My guest today in this episode of the podcast is Melissa Chisholm. She is a fitness coach, trainer, slash nutritionist, slash mental coach. Uh, I hope I named all those things correctly. She does a wide variety of things. Overall, she does pretty much the whole package, which is what health and wellness is, right? It's everything combined together. It's diet. It's exercise. It's time management. It's all these different things. Well, she does a fantastic program that she created, and it's just a really cool story. She goes from having this really solid, you know, legitimate fitness, personal training business to having to redo things and all this quarantine stuff. And and in New York, it's wild. It's wild what they're doing out there. It's different than other places. And she made it work. Not only did she make it work, but she's helping other people stay healthy in the most important time. So enjoy this wonderful conversation and go check her out at her website and see what she has to offer. Please welcome Melissa Chisholm. Thank you for being on, Melissa. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Okay, I got your contact from Ashley Grubbs and uh, looked into your little site, and it looks like you do some sort of like fitness journey coaching thing. Explain a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I am a personal trainer and health coach, Um, so I really work to um, take people out of diet culture. Um, so bouncing around from diet to diet and like focusing on the scale and things like that, kind of ditch that and focus more on what makes you feel good. Um, so taking you through, you know, of course, like nutrition and working out and things like that, but kind of reprogramming our mind. We've been so conditioned to kind of be on a diet all of the time that I would really love for people to never have to say that they're on a diet again and they work out because it makes them feel good. It gives them energy. They can move better in their day. And then a byproduct of that is weight loss. And you bring up a fascinating point about the diet stuff because I almost view diet as a way I eat. So if I ask the question, I'll be like, what's your diet look like? Like, that's what do you eat to me? Like, that's what that sounds. I do not like this. I don't understand the purpose, I guess, of eating one way for a short period of time just to go back to the old way of eating. Right. Yeah, I think um, especially women have been so conditioned to eat for weight loss, in a sense. Um, There's like all these fad diets out there that they feel like, or at least a lot of the women that I run into, they feel like they have to kind of be put into a box. I'm like, this is how I eat. I eat paleo or I'm doing the keto diet or um, there has, it has to be like black and white when really diet, like you say, that's how I view it. It's like you just, you're eating food. That's what it is. But I think a lot of women today, when they hear the word diet, they're thinking a way to eat in order to lose weight or maintain like where they're at versus eating as a way to have energy, clear skin, sleep better, not have stomach troubles, things like that. Um, So yeah, it's actually interesting to hear your take on the word diet. When like I'm now I'm so conditioned to be working with women who they hear diet and they think like this, like very specific box that they're put in like whole 30, or I'm on a low fat diet, or I'm on a 
high protein diet, low carb diet, like they're not just eating when really that's all it has to be. <laughs> Do you think it's marketing that gets people, or I don't know what it is. I, I'm, I'm fascinated and curious by it. Like what's the, what's the idea or what draws people to these fad diet things only to know that they are, once they hit a certain weight goal, they're going to go back. Like it's not, I guess going with something that's not sustainable. So they're torturing themselves, not enjoying any food right. that they would not like at all for a short period of time to go back to indulging later. Yeah. I mean, I definitely a hundred percent thing has um, a play in it, especially if you see like a, like, I think people just assume they're supposed to be eating like a high protein diet, low carb diet. So if they see like a cookie that says high protein, like I won't name names, but there's cookies out there that they're high protein cookies. And then you look at the nutrition label versus a regular chocolate chip cookie, that regular chocolate chip cookie, like a homemade might actually be better for you than what is marketed as like a high protein cookie. But because it says high protein, they just like assume that it's better for them. When if you like are aware of reading nutrition labels, there's actually a lot of sugar. The serving size for this particular brand is the whole cookie is actually two servings. And I actually looked it up once. It's the same as like a cheeseburger from a very popular fast food chain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like if you're not kind of aware of food labels um, and knowing kind of what to look for, it's actually really easy to overeat thinking you're eating super healthy based off of just the, um, the marketing on the package alone. So do you help people look at the labels? Because that's a tough one for anybody. And that takes a long time to to for and it's confusing they make it confusing on purpose so they can say just like you said that cookie i mean you might as well just eat a cheeseburger from mcdonald's or something you know, like a fast food place that's yeah. crazy they're marketing that as health food but really you're looking like you could have eaten a cheeseburger it's fine well, and the easiest part about it is um they on nutrition labels they can be anywhere between they might have missed they might have um changed the exact number but anywhere is like 25 percent off so if you think you're eating something that's a hundred calories. It could actually, I mean, what are the odds that all of these nutrition labels are exactly a hundred calories? Like everything's you eat is exactly a round number when actually it could be anywhere between like a hundred to like 125 calories. So over time that extra 25% is going to add up. Um, but yes, to actually answer your question, I do help people read nutrition labels um, between the ingredients lists, like calories versus fat, saturated fat, um, good fat, bad fat. Um, sodium is huge. People forget to look at sodium and added sugars is a big one right now. Um, sugar is like trending. <laughs> um, it's funny because I ran a challenge a couple of weeks ago, actually, and for every day was different. One day was like working out. One day was journaling and gratitude. Uh, one day was um, like stretching and recovery. One was cooking like a meal with like minimal ingredients. And then the, I thought actually the recovery day was going to get the most challenge from people because, you know, people work out and then they ditch their like stretching and foam rolling and all that stuff because they think it's over, it's whatever. But the, I got like, Backlash is a strong word, but the day that I said no added sugars, I had people like immediately reach out to me like, I can't, I can't do this. Like no added sugars. Like, and I was like, it's one day. Like if you're having this response um, for like added sugars in your diet, like there's a, a, a bigger like conversation that needs to be had um, because part of it was one person in particular, she was like, I have yogurt and I add fruit to it and I add honey. There's no way I can not have that. And then she finished out by saying, I don't eat a lot of sugar. And I was like, whoa, if we really broke that all down, fruit, it's natural sugar, which, okay, fine. But then you're adding like honey or whatever sweetener to it. Plus there is sugar in yogurt. So in her mind, she's not eating a lot of sugar, but 
just her like kind of off the cuff like telling me that I was like okay that's just like your breakfast that is a lot of sugar what else are you having and then she kind of responded back and she says I really don't eat a lot of sugar she's like besides my like yogurt berries and honey and then I have like dark chocolate at at dinner and then she like said something else and I was like that's actually a lot more sugar than you probably think so (laughs) so how do you like how do you walk people through do you give them a list do you tell them what to look for how do you walk them through the nutrition because there's also another thing when you're mentioning this diet stuff is that and like you said uh that lady with the sugar is getting people to be honest and accountable for exactly what they eat without being ashamed to report it to you. Absolutely. That is like the biggest piece to it. It's just, I like to focus on what we can eat versus what we can't eat. Because if you tell, if I told her, all right, you can't, you can't have that breakfast. um, She's going to resist it and like kind of like anytime you're told not to do something, you want to do it even more. <laughs> um, so it's more like, okay, great. So if that is your go-to breakfast, what can we add to that? That might be a little more filling or um, maybe we could, you know, add like overnight, like make an overnight oatmeal type of thing. Um, you know, depend if you kind of, I like to coach people to answering the question on their own. So I'm just kind of like leading them down this path where they end up coming up with the idea of like, what do you ever like, do you ever eat something or like, do you prefer hot or cold? Um, I like, like sometimes I like hot food when it's like cooler. Okay. Like do you, how much time do you have in the morning? Um, and if they are like, oh, I'm always rushing out and be like, okay, maybe, you know, we could look at preparing something like maybe she's eating that yogurt because it's a quick thing to eat in the morning. And that's actually why it's her go-to. It has nothing to do with the components of the meal. Um, and like, so, okay, so if, if it's the ease and quickness of that, what could we maybe do that would um, be quick and simple, like three, three ingredients that maybe has a little less sugar. And then just kind of leading her into like maybe oatmeal as a choice, like making overnight oats or like, have you ever tried that before? Like, you know, things like that. So I work alongside the person and kind of meet them where they're at. And it's like all about making baby steps and taking one step at a time, because I'm not going to, I wouldn't even touch like the rest of the day. I would just focus on that, like one meal. And then once she's a little more comfortable or whoever is a little more comfortable with um, adjusting these little things, then maybe we can take a look at the rest of the day, but it's just about starting, starting somewhere. I love the idea of you focusing on what you can do. And even, even to the point where you're actually working inside their time frame, so you don't get an excuse. Like you're, you're taking out like the reason for excuses. You're actually fitting something else that they can do inside of what they're already doing. Yeah. And like, she might not even like, I just use this one example, but they might not even realize that that's why they eat yogurt and berries and honey every day. It's because it's super quick. Like, okay, so, and then even like one morning you, and you try something different and if that doesn't work, then we go back to the drawing board. Like if it's not something they are willing, if someone, if someone's not willing to do something like they feel confident that they could do it consistently, then there's no point in even like trying almost. So it has to be, I'd like to work on like a scale of one to 10. If I told you, okay, do you think tomorrow you could make overnight oatmeal on a scale of one to 10, what do you think? If they're like, yeah, nine or 10 for sure, then yes. If they're like, eh, three or four, I'd be like, okay, well then let's, what can get you to a nine or a 10? So do you ease them into this thing? Like, do you ease them into, do you just work maybe on that breakfast, like that yogurt part, and then slowly add things into them? Like, okay, let's try this at lunch. Like, uh, you can have this at lunch and this and this and this. Or do you like, lay out a whole plan for them is it like strategic I mean how's that work yeah great question it is more like one by one because just like from people that I've worked with generally like it comes down to time management it actually has nothing to do with the food Um, it's more about how can we better manage your time so that you can make better choices consistently so 
if it's like, okay, so not, if we talk about, okay, what are you having at lunch on a general basis? And like, oh, it's just a salad that I, like a pre-made salad that I get and the, the dressing's already in it and I just grab and go. And then I grab a bag of chips because um, I need something else to kind of snack on there and be like, okay, so breakfast, it sounds like you're rushing. Lunch, it sounds like you're rushing. Why do you feel like you're always like, how can we actually adjust the time frame a little bit? Because also a lot of the reason, like a lot of people like eat fast, they eat while they're watching TV. They don't even realize that they finished a bag of chips because it's just like we're on autopilot sometimes. Um, and there's nothing wrong with finishing a bag of chips. Like, believe me, I've eaten my fair share of bags of chips. Um, but if we like take the time to kind of like slow down and actually make our meal, uh, like make more of a conscious effort while we're eating, you might notice that your digestion is better, that you're not actually eating as much. Um, and if you're not distracted, you might, again, you might like not be eating as much. And then you kind of naturally are already like, maybe like, um, what's the word? like lowering your portions. So maybe your portions are just really big and it's not having anything to do with what you're eating. It's just how much you're eating. But if we were to take a little bit more time to like not, what's oh, there's like some, a word I'm looking for. It's just like, it's not like check it off the list. I ate my lunch. Like let's sit down, enjoy it. And no matter what it is that you're eating, like you want to remember that you ate it, you know? I like that outlook. Because so, like I, like I said earlier, so many people torture themselves with this. Like, but they're not going to stick with something they don't enjoy. Because if it if you don't enjoy it, you're not you, like if you don't have. Some people have the mindset that they can go, "I'm eating purely for fuel, and that's it. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I can push through that. Yeah, I don't like it. So what? But most people, if they don't enjoy it then they're not going to stick with it. You know, they're not professional athletes that are having to eat for a specific purpose. These are people that are like, yeah, daily lives, they got family, kids, you know, they want to go to uh, maybe an uh, friend's house for a barbecue, whatever it is, they've got things going on and they want to be able, like, if you can't go to a friend's house and enjoy what you're eating or find a place, you're never going to want to stick. You're going to give up on your diet. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I, Social situations are definitely, I think, where a lot of people who are in this like diet mentality, diet for like putting in a box, not like diet, what am I eating? Um, social situations are a huge like trigger. Um, like they won't, some people like won't eat all day knowing like that they're going to be going to like a party or something like that when that restriction is not actually helping them. Um, if anything, I say like have a snack before you go and then just kind of like, you know, if there's a slice of cake that you want, like have the cake. What ends up happening at parties sometimes that I feel like people will eat around what it is that they actually want. And then there's a moment of like loss in willpower where they eat that cake anyways. So yes, they had the vegetables and dip. They had like, there was like fruit there. They had, um, you know, little like salad stuff blah, 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 blah. But really all they wanted was that cake. When if they had eaten that cake in the first place, they wouldn't have had to have all these like additional calories essentially. Um, so like, I'm like, if you want it, eat it. Don't like deprive yourself because at the end of the day, like life is short, you have to enjoy yourself. And the last thing you want to do is like regret not having a piece of cake. Um, just because you were afraid of like gaining a pound or two. So in the situation like that, if, if you're somebody who struggles with weight, because that's, that's something that's real. And like, I love talking about this stuff right now because it's real eye opener, especially with all the new numbers that come out with, you know, the CDC and everybody with all this stuff about disease. It's an eye opener for not just this disease, but I've said it over and over again, like every disease, you're more susceptible with all these things. This isn't something new. It's just more eye opening because it's in our faces now. Yeah. And so, and people do struggle with it. Like it's a real thing. Like there's people that are stressed for whatever reason and they've gotten to a position in life by their choices and reaction to that stress. And so now they're struggling with stuff. Um, how do you tell somebody like, like 
how do you go about telling somebody like that to enjoy it? Like what's your game plan as to get them where they can enjoy that stuff and still lose the weight? Yeah. I mean, I think with that, it actually has more to do with what is it exactly that's like stressing you out? Is it work? What is it about work? Um, like I know a lot of people are stressed out right now because I mean, I was quarantined in New York city for three months in a very tiny apartment where my husband was also, it was like, it was our gym. It was our office. It was our like kitchen. It's our living space. It's like everything. So it just becomes very overwhelming. And then also like, there's nothing, there's not a lot to do besides like walking to the kitchen and eating like that. That seemed like our only, um, joy that we could have and kind of take our mind off of things and I mean I think for us it was just like what exactly is like the root problem here and I think it was just like a lot of the unknown and like so much stuff was out of our control so we started to focus more on like what was in our control um like how can we schedule our day where it's broken up and like making specific office space making specific, like, this is our living space, like, <laughs> they're little spaces. Um, but, um, you know, it's just, I think a lot of people need to just kind of take a deep breath and be like, what can I control um, in a situation like that? That's going to help me reduce my stress. Because a lot of it is just like, for us limiting, like the time that we're on Facebook and seeing everyone's like posts about this terrible thing and then this terrible thing and like this terrible thing. Okay. Well, all these terrible things are happening. What can we do to make a difference? Um, and, and I'm just kind of like rambling now, but like, I think really what it is first, what is, what is it that's stressing you out? It might have nothing to do with food at all. Um, and that's just like more of a coping mechanism. Be like, okay, so if you're craving some, if you're like stressed and you really like eating salty things, like what is maybe a, better choice that is also that's like kind of satisfies that or what is something else that you could do like I know puzzles like sold out during quarantine like maybe it's a puzzle maybe it's just like you need something to do with your hands um maybe like a puzzle or coloring books and stuff like that you might not even be hungry you know it's just what is another way we can cope with what is happening yeah and bored eating is a like I, I can get in that thing. Like that's one of my habits that I would have is like, if I'm sitting, it just, if I'm sitting doing nothing, cause I do so much during the day, like I'm on the go with work and all sorts of stuff, life, just kids, average everyday stuff. Right. And, and then trying to squeeze exercise in there and workouts in and all this other, other things going on. When I sit down, I'm not doing anything all of a sudden. And I want to be doing something. That's me. Like, I just yeah. want to like, I fidget. And so if you set food in front of me, I would just eat it till it's gone. And I wouldn't like, I'm not hungry. I'm just eating. Like I'm just, I do, I drive a lot for work and this okay. is one thing. Uh, and I mean, I snack to stay awake, to stay alert, to keep myself, you know, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm uh, radio, whatever music, and I'm eating stuff to stay awake. Like I just yeah. want to be moving and doing something because it's a long stretch of road and I'm on this thing and I'm paying attention to the cars, but I'm like, I need something else to do to keep my attention focused on this thing in front of me. You know, I'm getting bored. Yeah. So it's a real, it's a real thing that everybody can have. And, and stress eating is another thing. Like that's the same thing, but it's when you feel stressed, you reach for that as a, and then it creates a habit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I actually noticed, um, well, this happened like real life story. Um, while we were quarantined in the city, like, I just out of habit, we like, we watched everything on Netflix, <laughs> but like we're, um, for example, we watched was, we watched like the entire season of, Oh, 30 rock. So we watched the entire season of 30 rock. And every time we watched it, we also ended up getting like a chocolate, like I would get like a chocolatey snack. So anytime 30 rock came on, I, I was like, I, I like my brain went to this snack when I felt like I really needed the snack when it, it was like, it wasn't get chocolate, watch 30 rock. It was watch 30 rock, get chocolate. So I had to like consciously make an effort to be like, okay, the next like five days I watch 30 rock. I don't, I'm like, 
I can, I'm like going to drink water or I ended up um, replacing it oh, with frozen fruit. I got like frozen strawberries. Um, I replaced it with frozen strawberries. So then it just kind of like, and then after a while, I kind of forgot about the chocolate that I was eating um, because I, I like correlated them together so much after just like one season of watching 30 Rock. It was like, okay, 30 Rock chocolate, you know? Um, and yeah, sometimes it's just like, you have to make a conscious, like sometimes with habits like that, you just have to make the conscious effort and effort and be like, okay, I'm going to go the next three days. And you realize you don't actually need that, whatever it is. It really is just the habit. Yeah. So how do you, and that is, that's a big thing during, like you said, you were quarantined. I'm here in Texas and it's like, we no nobody's really going to quarantine me anyway because I'm going to go outside anyway. I would take yep. a chance on it. If they, if they outlawed going outside, I would brave getting arrested. Because yeah. I'm like, it's outside, man. I got to get, thankfully we have a backyard if that ever, were to ever happen. But if we're going to go on walks and go outside and do all of our things, yeah, but yeah. like in a situation where people are stacked on top of people in New York and it's like, you know, I, I've been there once and we went there uh, last year, spring break, I think it was. And anyway, it was, it was awesome place in, in the city, but I'm like, picturing that during a quarantine is madness. Yeah. You don't want to, <laughs> it's not fun. So what do they, what do they do? Like, what, do, how do you stay on top? And then how do you stay on top of that and not stress eat? And then how do you get, like, get yourself in a habit of exercising and burning calories at the same time? I mean, for me, like, because I have a fitness background, is it was a little bit easier. Um, but, have, like, working with people, it really is setting up, like, space, like, that is separate from your, like, where you watch TV or where you have other habits. And for me, the way that I set it up is all the gym space was, like, right by the door. Um, so I like right by like the, the, um, like the main walkway. So I'm like walking by it all the time. So I'll see it. And a lot of it is planning ahead. If I didn't like put it, like I put a specific schedule in my like phone calendar, um, as like an appointment for myself, like you don't miss a doctor's appointment. Otherwise you, they charge you like your, your late fee or whatever. Um, so it's like setting an appointment for yourself. So, and that way also it, for me is a stress reliever. Like it became less of a have to get a workout in. It's like, okay, my mind is racing. How can I quiet my mind? And like doing this workout and writing it out the night before was beneficial for me. Um, and during quarantine and I'm even still now there's tons of like places doing like free workouts and, um, designating like specific times to maintain some sort of routine. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like a stress reliever. So it wasn't as challenging to kind of hop into that, but I was just tell people plan ahead, schedule the time for yourself. It's a commitment to yourself and an appointment and you wouldn't miss appointments with like doctors and friends and things like that. And like, uh, set out your workout clothes the night before. Um, something that I do that it, I wouldn't recommend it for everybody, but I drink pre-workout. Um, so this is like a little hack I have on days where I don't feel like working out, but I know I kind of need to move and not like if I was like really need a recovery day, like I'll, I'll take the recovery day, but it's just be like, I just feel like lazy or like I drank too much like over the weekend or something like that. And it's just like more excuses in my head. I will just start drinking the pre-workout because you're most likely not going to drink pre-workout and then just like sit around. Um, so it kind of like kicks me in the butt. So it's like drinking a cup or like a cup of coffee, like have a cup of coffee. Um, and as you're drinking your coffee, like get changed into your fitness clothes. Like action creates motivation. Motivation isn't always there sometimes you just need to take action and it could be just committing to five minutes and usually if you're like five minutes you do jumping jacks and oh well, I'm already sweaty now I might as well continue x y and z so yeah planning ahead making appointments with yourself just having some sort of plan it's super interesting that you said don't 
separate it from like the TV and stuff is it like, because a lot of people put their running machine, like they watch TV while they run, while they cycle. I mean, I don't do any of that because that's not what I like to do. My leisure, I separate the two because my leisure time is my leisure time. Yeah. If I'm, working out, I'm focused on what I try to focus on whatever I'm doing because that's the type of person I am anyway. I like, if I get too many things, my wife says I can't multitask. Like, I have to stay, I'm focused on this and then I can focus on this. Like I'm just in the, if you want to say I'm in the moment, it sounds hippy dippy for me, but like, I like to live in that, in that space at that time. Like that's where I like to be. But there's a lot of people, I mean, I would say the overwhelming majority, I mean, they make workout equipment with big old fat TVs on them for a reason. Yeah. I mean, if that's, what's going to work for you, if working out and watching TV does kind of get you motivated like if you are conditioned to be like so like the tv's hooked up like as in like cable you're conditioned like every time 30 rock comes on i know i'm doing cardio it's my 30 minutes of cardio fine but if it's one of those things where like i mean i know a lot of like like peloton and things like that their tvs are there so that you're working alongside their app and their workouts but like if you're if your fitness equipment is like sitting in front of your TV and you're already sitting on your TV watching a show or something, it's easier to just stay sitting because that happens with like foam rolling. Like so many people will put their foam roller with the intention to foam roll while they're watching TV, but foam rolling like still takes some like brain power and energy that um, it often becomes uh, what's, oh my gosh, what's the word where it's like there. And it's there for so long that you don't even realize it's still there. I was talking about this with somebody and I forgot the word. Anyways. <laughs> That's okay. I do that all the time. <laughs> Although that makes sense. It, um, oh my gosh, what is that word? It's where you're like, you put a post-it on your laptop. Like you put a post-it as like a reminder and then desensitize it like desensitizes oh, you. That's it's just job. always there that you're like, you don't even see the post-it on your computer anymore. It's like a to-do list. It's like, it's like, that's how I feel about workout equipment. Like just sitting by your TV. Like maybe when you like first purchase it, you're like more motivated, but eventually it just becomes another piece of furniture. Yeah. I think that's that. I mean, you see that happen with a lot of people. You hear them hanging the clothes on it. My parents did it a lot. Like they would buy workout equipment and we weren't like my dad played, he was a collegiate athlete. But afterwards, he was like, you know, he didn't really care to work out. He wasn't in the sports anymore. He was doing it, you know. And so they would get workout equipment, and then eventually it would become a just clothes rack. You know, like that's, that's what it would be. Well, it's funny because um, – so I'm a master trainer for a company that produces specific fitness equipment. And we did a tour of, like, the facility. And I didn't know this, but treadmills that are sold – to like individuals versus sold to gyms are built in a way that the mileage is different so like I don't remember the exact I probably should know this but I don't remember the exact um like mileage they said but say you bought a treadmill for your home that model would only be good for like say a thousand miles. Whereas that same treadmill, if it's sold to a gym is good for 10,000 miles because they know that once it's sold to a consumer for a home gym, um, that they're not as likely to use it. I think it's like a three month, like most like the data on it or something. I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's like three months and then like the allure of it wears off and then it becomes like a coat rack. I'm so sure they've done all that research on those numbers to know what they can, what they should put into it and what, you know, I'm, I'm sure they know those exact numbers for that specific reason. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think now that like at home workouts have really replaced, well, I mean, the gyms in New York still aren't even open till tomorrow and that's even still at <laughs> like a third capacity. And I don't think um, gyms in the city are open for group classes at all. So like we're still at our at home workout like facilities. Um, and I think now people are more aware of making time and scheduling time for it and using the equipment. Um, whereas in the past, like 
I always, I mean, I worked in, I worked in the gym. I went to the gym, so I never used my equipment. Like I didn't need to, cause I was going to the gym, but now I think people are just more aware of like really carving out that time for themselves. But I also think there's been a switch of a lot of people work out for weight loss or aesthetic reasons. And now I think it's a total like stress reliever and something to do honestly um, to break up the day because there's so many times I'm just like, I don't even know what day it is. Like, (laughs) like, I don't know. Is it morning? Is it night? Like what's happening? Um, So I think it's just like a way to break up the day too. Did your business pick, like, did your, did your online business pick up when this hit? Did you already have your online business going or is this some, a product of the environment? Yeah. So I had been wanting to transition online. Um, but living in the city, there's so many studios, there's so many gyms that nobody really felt the need to do anything virtually. Um, at least inside that bubble. Um, so I was getting ready to kind of expand like, okay, maybe, you know, reaching for like more rural areas, like actually where I'm at right now, I'm actually not that far from where I grew up. And there's like two gyms, I think. I'm not actually even sure. There's like the YMCA, which has not been renovated since I was born. (laughs) Um, and there's like, there's some colleges. So the colleges have their gym, the high school has their gym, but there's no like gym for everyday use. So that was like the group of people I wanted to reach virtually. Um, so I was in the process of kind of going online, but this just like, now people understand what you mean by online, like training and like how to do it virtually. I think there's just a, um, a better understanding of how it all works. I wish I had bought stock in zoom. (laughs) That's all I know. (laughs) <laughs> if anybody could have seen what was going like you kind of go like nah nobody will ever do that and then oh yeah they just did yeah yeah for sure so I mean I definitely think there is an understanding of what it means to be doing virtual fitness or virtual coaching um now it's just like some people prefer it because I have people, so I do classes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I have people who just roll out of bed. They don't have to take the subway. They don't have to, um, you know, in the city, like transfer. The subways are weird in the morning, so they don't have to worry about rushing out the door so much. Like there can actually be more time for self-care and like having like a proper breakfast and things like that because you're taking out the commute. I mean, there are some people who would take like, 45 minutes just to get to like a 6:30 class. Um, so they're getting up at like five o'clock and if they're not sleeping well, then that's going to like inhibit the, them seeing the results that they want or whatever it is that their goal. So I think there's, I, I know several people who prefer it this way um, just cause it's easier. So you do classes like group classes? Yeah. So I do. Yeah. So I do classes on zoom. Um, and, um, I do like personal training on zoom, sometimes FaceTime. Um, yeah. And the beauty about it too, is like, I can record the workouts and then if someone can't make it, I can just send them the replay. And I, I like, so I think it's really important. So what you're, that's awesome because I think a really important element of working out is the the social aspect in times like this like especially the social aspects missing and this is as close as we can get so like instead of it like you said you can record it but you're doing a lot of live stuff with them and that means a lot like for their psyche for their mental outlook like if they know they've got to join somebody and they're paying you for a service and they're getting to go do it with a couple other people even that are joining your class I think that is super beneficial for mentally, not just working out, but like mentally, they're going to get this like sense of community that's missing. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny because like some tomorrow is Wednesday, right? Um, So my Wednesday class actually, so with my classes, um, I usually stick around on it. Like I'll record it and then I end the recording and we like do 
coffee side chats or whatever, I know more about the people that were, these are people that had been coming to my live classes in the studio. And I know more about them now. They know more about me than we could have ever learned in person because the way that like the classes are set up, it's like usually the people that are coming are coming before work. They usually leave class early to go shower, to beat the lines for the shower, and then they leave. Or like I'm teaching a class, I have a 10 minute break and then I'm teaching the next class. So here I have more flexibility in the schedule. And like sometime uh, last week, we like just, we chatted for almost an hour after <laughs> we actually finished class. Um, and I, and I know some of them, like, that's what they look forward to. Like the workout is one thing, but it's like that after connection that makes it all worth it. Um, and I have one girl, she takes my Wednesday classes. And so she's in the city and her office is open back up at like a limited capacity and they have to go in one day a week. And she just so happens to have to go in on Wednesdays. So she's like super bummed that she has to actually ditch our like chats early um, but it's just a nice way to just stay connected. And I mean, she's looking at trying to figure out a different day. So that way she doesn't have to miss the chats. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, you get addicted to it. That's one thing like that I love about going to like a CrossFit gym, so to speak, or that, I mean, that's my choice in working out. I don't push it on everybody. I'm not the crazy person that talks about it all the time. It's whatever gets you moving and gets you motivated. Yeah. I mean, that's what you need to do. Like, just like the diet, I say, if you don't enjoy doing it, you're not going to stick with it. I mean, whatever that activity is. Um, but I would go in there and it was the first place I could go in where I was just me. Like I wasn't Aaron, this guy that works here, or, you know, this is your parents or whoever. It was just like, I was me. Nobody knew what I did. And then my hour of working out almost was like my, like what I had to do to get to the talking after I worked out with my friends, you know, the friends I made and the connections and, you know, there's some of the best friends yeah, that yeah, helped exactly. me through all sorts of things. And I'm like, Oh, this is what I miss. I miss this like connection here with people. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's awesome how like fitness or like can bring you together, but also like, yeah, I totally agree. Like if, if someone doesn't like something, like I'm a runner I'm not a cyclist. Like I don't like spin bikes. I don't like biking. It's just not for me. Um, so I don't do it. <laughs> and it's the same thing. Like I love running, but if someone comes to me and they're like, well, what can I do for my cardio? I'm like, we'll do like running. They'll be like, no, I'm not going to be like, well, you're going to have to run anyways. Cause they're going to hate every second of it, which means they're, they'll do it for a little bit. And then eventually they're not going to do it. So if it's not something you can do consistently, then find something else. <laughs> yeah. And so the, uh, not to just totally switch gears, but we've kind of talked about the two different sides and you're a personal trainer and you've got these classes going and then you do a lot about nutrition. You said like, that's kind of your main starting point because everybody says you can't out train a bad diet, but there is an element of combining both things together. So when you look at people, do you ever do just nutrition for people or do you try to combine both things? Like, Hey, I'm going to, if let's say, if you do want to have that piece of cake, well, how many calories did you burn during the day or what kind of, did you work out? Or do you like, how's that work? Do you, combining and looking at how active a person is and how heavy they go into working out versus what they're eating. Yeah. I mean, I really just meet the person with where they're at and what it is they're kind of coming to me from. Cause I do have people who they just want to train with me and like, that's it. And we'll work more on like strength and things like that. Well, it depends on what their goals are. If it's weight loss, I might like ask them some like probing questions of like, okay, so what did your week look like? Like, what did you do? And I mean it in more of like a conversational way. Um, and because I, it's tricky because I do charge differently depending on what it is so um it's like you don't want to give too much away for free like you do want to maybe entice them to like what like upgrade or whatever um but yeah so i i do have like specific clients who they we only train together and um they might even work with like a different coach for something else like some people do work specifically with nutritionists if they have like 
uh, specific dietary restrictions. Like I don't, I don't write meal plans. Like that's not my, like, um, in my scope of practice, it's more of mindset around nutrition and how to make more informed choices around what works best for you. Um, so, I mean, it just kind of depends. Like I do do packages where it's like training and like, I do have, like, I have like a 90 day program where, um, I do kind of cover like four main pillars, which is nutrition, fitness, uh, time management and mindset. So that's really like the all encompassing, like cup of tea. But, um, if I'm doing like just solely training, I'll, I'll ask them questions, but I don't like harp too much on it because they might just be fine the way that they are. You uh, now, now I'm really going to go, but you said time management. Do you do that as pertain to fitness or are you doing that as to life? Uh, it's kind of all intertwined. It's like, I mean, it's all intertwined. I mean, even with, with, um, nutrition, like I'll have, someone who they came to me and they're like, I really want to meal prep. Like, I just want to have my meals ready to go. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well, when do you go grocery shopping? Oh, I hardly ever have time to go grocery shopping. Okay. So if you don't have time to go grocery shopping, how are you going to meal prep? So it's like kind of like backstepping a little bit and like breaking it into smaller chunks. Like, okay, well, let's not even worry about meal prep right now because that can become like very overwhelming. Like when can we figure out a time for you to go grocery shopping? to get enough for like three days worth of food, especially in the city. Like it's a little like you're usually carrying your groceries home. So you can't, you can only take so much. Um, so it's like, okay, well let's first see like when is a day that we can like kind of designate for that day for you to go grocery shopping. And then if you go grocery shopping, will you have time to meal prep right after? Um, do you grocery shop, put everything away and then you're on to your like next errand like, what does that actually look like? So, um, and the same thing with like working out, it's like, okay, what does your day look like? We can't, if your goal is to work out four days a week, but you are working like 60 hours a week, what is a day? Like, maybe let's scale that back. Maybe it's, let's start out with two days. And then once we can consistently get two days, where can we add a third day? Or maybe you do you break up your workouts. Like you wake up like 30 minutes earlier and then you finish like the workout later in the day. So it just kind of really depends people. I mean, I think a lot of the time people don't realize that at the root of a lot of this, it's time management and how you like, I know people who they're late to everything and I've seen them get ready and they just like dilly dally. And a lot of it is just picking up their phone and not even realizing they're picking up your phone. But like if you didn't pick up your phone to check Instagram for the past 30 minutes, you could have like, we could have already been at dinner <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. That's why I asked when I heard it, I asked that question because there's so many things come to priority, right? Like, People will say, I can't eat healthy because I can't afford it. Well, how many subscriptions do you have on your phone to TV, like movie subscriptions or whatever it is, right? Like if you took away one of those, what extra could you buy at the grocery store, right? And and is it because it's convenient and and then you're in the habit of doing it, but a lot of it has to do with that like time management when it comes like, oh, I don't have time to work out. Well, I mean, even shift workers have time to work out. Yeah. So I mean, sorry, technically to, you have time. Yeah. I mean, not even to cut you off, but like I um, did a workout two days ago. I was following a workout. Like I, I was following a workout and um, usually I put my phone on do not disturb or I like put my phone someplace I can't see the notifications. And I didn't do this and it was an hour long workout. This workout took me like an hour 45 because I would get a notification. I would hit pause and I'll pick it up and then I would get like, somehow my thumb would like scroll over to, there's a huge spider. Um, my, my thumb would like scroll over to Instagram and then I would catch myself like scrolling and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like in the middle of a workout. (laughs) So an hour long workout actually took me an hour 45 because I didn't even like catch myself picking up my phone and hitting pause. 
I was like, oh, I could have like done so much more with my time just now. But it was like a mindless, like I knew better. Like usually I put my phone on do not disturb or like have it away. So it's like little things like that. And I would have had 45 minutes extra to my day. I think it's, uh, it's super important for people to hear that sort of thing from a trainer. Because, hold on a second, my, I got to get this off. Okay. Um, because it's something that we all, like, we're all, these devices and Instagram and, you know, I didn't have it until I wanted to promote my podcast, do all this stuff. But I even find myself, like you said, you grab your phone, you hit that button. It's a, it's a reaction. You're addicted to doing that and, and checking yeah. these things. And so it happens to every personal trainers. I'm trying to get a workout in and I can't because I'm grabbing my phone. I'm pushing it. So you have experience, like all you're doing is being accountable for your own actions and trying to help others with the same exact thing. And I, that accountability, like recognizing it's okay. Other people have these same struggles. This is how, these are some tips and tricks to getting through it. You don't have to be ashamed of it. All you have to do is like recognize it and understand like, Oh, when I'm doing it, and work towards habits that don't do that anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think awareness is key. And like, I definitely, a lot of what I like coach on is just learning from my own experiences and just kind of being aware of that. Like people may not even realize that they are grabbing their phone so much until it's pointed out to them. Like, oh, wow, I do like, pick up my phone very often. Um, and it's, an, it's just a habit we have to break. And like, I'm totally guilty of it. Like I definitely just have to be more mindful of, um, you know, picking up my phone and it's a distraction while you're eating and things like that too. And, um, I'm going through another nutrition certification and it talks about like this nutrition certification that I'm like going through talks about like the science of nutrition and all this thing, but in almost every chapter, they bring up just try eating slower, try eating without distractions. And that might fix like a host of problems that someone's running into. Like if they have digestive issues or they find that they never feel full, um, it might just simply be because they're eating too fast um, or they're just like so distracted um, by what's around them. Like there's just so much stimulus around us that uh, we forget that like we don't need the tv on in order to eat our dinner um myself included like i'm actively that's like something that i'm working on is not eating in front of the tv like making them two separate activities and that's i mean and like you said it's important and whatever works for you in that situation um is it i think that's something that what I'm hearing from you and like the services, I'm like, man, this is so neat that you're working with. I talked to somebody else that did the same thing where they were like, I work from the add in method and I just keep adding things in that are good until it pushes the bad things out. And they don't even realize that they left that behind. So like try adding this into your diet. Don't take away anything else. Just add spinach to it. Now add this to it. Now add some whole meats to it instead of processed meats to it. Now, and then before they know it, they're like, oh, now all I'm eating is steak with some greens on the side. And they're like, how'd that happen? Like, where did that stuff go? Did I ever do that? Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, that's definitely, uh, makes sense. (laughs) I've done, I mean, I do that. I tell people, I'll like be like, well, just, you know, fill your plate with a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then, yeah, before you know it, you've overcrowded your plate with everything else that there's no room for whatever else. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it just kind of, sometimes it just happens without even people realizing it. So what's your, like, what's your plans for the uncertainty there in New York? And do you have people all over the country doing your stuff? Is it just localized to you? I mean, it's on the internet, so you can do it with everybody, right? Um, what, like, where do you see, is, is is this something that you think you'll go back to doing like, or just keep like your gym stuff or do this totally 100%? Like, what are your plans? I mean, my dream would be to be able to continue to do this, um, 
virtually um, and do more coaching kind of across like the United States because it allows me a little bit more um, location freedom. Like as you can see, there's a lake behind me and I'm not stuck in the city, um, which has been amazing. I've been able to spend like more time with my family. Also working in fitness, like I'm, I've been in fitness for a long time and it's just a lot on the body. And I, you know, <laughs> I was getting, I'm kind of like injury prone because I was overtraining between like work, doing my own workouts and then teaching classes and things like that. So for me, like physically, I really like doing this virtually. Um, and I find that doing it virtually even if it's Zoom, even if I can still see your face, people are more open to being honest um, than sometimes in person. Um, there's just like that barrier. And even though I can still see your face, like I think people are actually seeing better results because they're being more honest with, okay, what did you eat today? And they're not like sugarcoating it um, per se. And I... Um, yeah, I mean, I've really been loving this virtually. So I would like to continue to do this virtually more coaching and less like physical teaching and training. Um, and yeah, I do have clients like in Rhode Island right now. A, a lot of the people I work with are in New York, but I'm trying to kind of like expand my bubble a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's been like so much fun. So, so you're really like, you really love this virtual training stuff. It's something you've been like, oh man, this is fun. I should have done this sooner. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And also because now, like, so working in the city, I was teaching classes full time and I walked in, I remember this very specifically because it's also my mom's birthday. Um, so on March 16th, I taught the very last class at our studio um, before gyms had to be shut down. So they're like, all gyms have to be shut down at 8 p.m. no matter what. I taught the six o'clock class. And at that same time, our manager told us we had to hand, I had keys to the gym. That anyone who has keys, you have to hand in your keys to the gym and everyone has to clean out their lockers. We all got laid off. So I went from having a full-time job. And I mean, I've never, this has never happened to me. I've never been laid off before. Um, so I went from feeling like I had a sense of security to complete uncertainty. Um, and now I am in control of, you know, my future essentially. And I'm not relying on another person for my income. Um, where of course being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur like has its struggles for sure. Um, and can get a little lonely, but I think it's just really about surrounding yourself with other people who are supportive and knowing that, it's all going to pay off. And like if gyms did open back, well, gyms are opening back up. But if I do go back to a gym, I don't want that to be my main source of income. Like that will be like bonus, essentially. I love the reverse though. I love like this. This is the stories that get me like super fired up in life in general. Like doesn't matter what you're doing. Is it something? And, I, and I'm, I'm going to ask, I want to ask if maybe the fitness part of like you being a trainer and working through so many long-term fitness things, if that helped your mindset out in this, but when you get laid off like that, you didn't like, yeah, it's sad, but you didn't just go, Oh, I like the world's crumbling. What do I do? You and like, no, I, I need to make something happen. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I mean, I got to work it out. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely a lot of, I mean, as an instructor, I have so many like cliche sayings that I like, like, you got this. <laughs> um, like, I just started to use it on myself of like, okay, well, this is out of my control. What can I do to control the situation? Like, taking back that power, um, you know, I think is huge. And I am lucky and fortunate enough to have been surrounded with a, a network of other instructors. Like, all of us were laid off. And we, a lot of people were like, it's our identity it is what we've been doing. It's what we've known for so long that like, it was super scary, but also like when everything happened and I wrote this down in my notebook, I um, think I have it here anyways, but I wrote it down. It's like there, I can take all the risk 
in the world right now because there is literally nothing to lose. Literally nothing to lose. Like I got laid off. I'm on unemployment. Like it, like there's nothing else that could happen that would make it scary to not take the risk. And I just wish I always kind of had this mindset of like, like go for it. Like, you know how they say, feel the fear and do it anyways. Well, that works to an extent sometimes, but when you literally have nothing to lose, it like makes it, I'm like, oh, this is like a piece of cake. It's weird. It is weird how some people can just have that mentality anyway. And others like it's out of necessity, but I love what you said that it, I mean, you wish you'd had it earlier because you realize like when I had nothing to lose, I just went for it. Like I pulled the trigger because where else can I go? I'm already on unemployment. How much lower can I get the unemployment go away? Like, I mean, that's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you like, then that hustle is real. So it's like, um, I don't really like when people use this, but I'll, I'm going to use it. Like it's kind of playing the, the victim mentality or like the victor mentality. Um, and like, I'm not like positive all the time and like bubbly and all this stuff. Like definitely have, it's like, I definitely like ebb and flow like everybody else, but it's just, I try and stay in more of a high vibe as much as I can. And when I notice myself going a little more low vibe, like, okay, well, why why am i feeling this way like what can i do to kind of get out of this and if i stay in this low vibe state that how is that serving me or anybody else around me um so that kind of helps you snap out of it a little bit too don't feel bad about using that as a cliche because uh, like if you want to put it different nobody would watch the rocks movies if he was a victim yeah yeah you know what i mean like he's why is he the movie star and why are people attracted to him it's his work ethic and it's because no matter what villain comes at him, he's the rock, right? Like, yeah, yeah. he's a hero that figures out how to overcome. I did a wonderful, like, when you were talking about the positivity and being up and down, um, I did a podcast. My 100th episode was with Justin Sua. Oh, cool. and, and he was, I mean, he tells a story in there about doing with the military or whatever, and that their view on, pot, like, what an optimist is and everything. And he was when he was talking to these military guys, he was explaining to them how they were wrong in their outlook. And it's eye-opening because he's like, being optimistic is not always positive, positive, positive. It's recognizing that you're in a tough spot, that there is bad, that there is these obstacles. And instead yeah. of focusing on the bad part of it, you go, how can I overcome this bad situation? So instead of being like, stay positive, you go, how do I overcome? And like, I switched my yeah. language completely from hearing that from him is like, now my mindset is not telling people ever to stay positive. I try to say like, well, how do you fix the problem? Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the same. It's, I mean, that's what you did when you like all this stuff kind of happened to you. Like all these circumstances happened to you, not because of anything that you did. And you went, well, now how do I overcome this problem? Like, how do I get out of this track? Like, from relying on unemployment and if the gyms don't reopen like there's all this uncertainty how do I get past this hurdle yeah I mean it's crazy we're coming up on six months of the gyms not being open like gym open ish tomorrow I mean they can open it doesn't mean they will open like a lot of gyms closed for good like my gym closed for good like we're not reopening um so it's like just because they can open doesn't mean they will open so what, like, what can I do with that? Like, I'll just keep moving forward on what I actually really love. Like, I don't, I don't need to rely on a gym right now. Like I am doing what I want to do and have wanted to do. I just like, wasn't doing it without that little kind of kick in the butt. <laughs> Probably what you were already doing. I mean, it, like if you're a personal trainer, you're already kind of your own business. Yeah. 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 No, that's true. Yeah. You know, so it's just like there's a comforting feeling when it's a big umbrella and you've got people coming to it, but now it's all on Melissa. Like yeah. that's it. It's all on your shoulders. Like all the pressure, anybody coming in, like it's all on you. Luckily I've been working out so I can take it. <laughs> <on my shoulders. laughs> well, I love like, this is awesome. Like I love that. I love how you did it. I love your mindset. Like that, that whole thing is, it's fantastic. I think people can learn a lot from that and, listening to the story, whether it's their fitness journey and they're struggling with that, like learning how to overcome that obstacle, whatever it is, whether it's dieting and going on these yo-yo diets 
whatever it is. I think that learning from these situations, that's why I think it's important to have people like you doing this with people and a place where they can call, like they think I can just do it on my own. I should be able to do it on my own. No, you, everybody needs a coach. A coach needs a coach. Like people need people to bounce things off of. People need motivation. They need to know that they're not alone. Yeah. I mean, I always say like, you can definitely like backpack and hike up a mountain on your own, no problem. But if I could take some of that weight out of your backpack and help you up, like it'll be so much easier and such a nicer journey on the way to the top. Like if you can just have someone else like kind of there to have your back. I love it. I love it. Well, let everybody know uh, where they can find all of your services, how they can get a hold of you, check out your programs, all that good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So, um, Melissa Chisholm here. I mostly am on Instagram. It's just at Melissa dot Chisholm. So just my first dot last name. Um, you can DM me. I'm always answering DMS or send me a message. Um, I do have a website, Melissa Chisholm.com. So the dots not in the middle there. Um, so it's just Melissa Chisholm.com and that will link you to my classes, my personal training services and my 90 day coaching program. Um, but I'm totally like open to answering any questions anyone has. Just the quickest way probably to reach me is just on Instagram, just at Melissa.chism. And I'll put the, the website, if anybody's listening that wants to just click on it and go straight to it, they can do that um, to make it easy. Melissa, thank you so much. This is awesome. It was a pleasure getting to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Thank you to Melissa for being on the show. We really appreciate it. That was a fun conversation. Don't forget to like, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. It really does help us move us up and get more eyeballs on the show. And until the next episode, see ya.